Hello and welcome to this one time at summer camp podcast, a podcast where we talk about summer camp. I am Peter. I'm here with Nick, as always, and joining us today is Dante. Guys, I'm finally here. Feels good. <laughs> I've uh, I've been waiting for this moment. You've actually been our executive producer since the first episode. I mean, it's it's kind of nice to be stepping out from behind the editing desk, if you will, and into the booth. You've been in the booth before. We just didn't give you a microphone. That's that's, that's exactly right. But as always, when you're listening to a top quality podcast, like uh, this one time at summer camp, there's so many times where when I've been listening to you guys, I just want to interject. Oh man, I just want to like tell an anecdote that's so relevant to this. And I was talking to Pete about this before we started the podcast tonight. But yeah, I always get that way. That's the thing I love about this podcast, right? And like, I've had people come up and tell me like, when we're talking about a particular topic, and even though they haven't lived that same exact experience, it always brings to people's minds like something similar that's happened to them. Yeah, I think as well, we're gonna really lay on some of the creativity in some uh, future episodes we got planned. But I've got some I've got some ideas, it's a bit of foreshadowing for the future. Oh, I'm very, very intrigued and very excited. One thing I will say that has irked me a bit though, is that any time that I listen, and obviously like, you know, you guys met at Camp Moose Pine, Moose Pine's where it's at. I, I totally get it. But every time that Nick talks about his other camp, it's well at my other camp, my other camp this, my other camp that. I'm like, bro. Your other camp is my main camp. Like, that's the big cheese. That's the whole schmozzle. You know what I'm saying? I'm there being like, that is my camp. So while I'm on here, I'm like, we've got to generate a camp name. Yeah. Have we established that you and I went to the same camp as my second camp? Yeah, I think you've maybe mentioned it in an early episode. We're we're fleshing out the lore of the podcast <laughs> world. Yeah, that's it. Well, let's um, let's fire up the camp name generator. Alrighty, we got number 11, tall. Tall, yeah. And the second number, 15, which is arrow. That's pretty Camp. sick. Camp tall arrow. Okay, wait, Camp tall arrow? The only reason I like tall arrow is because... I'm imagining this arrow with the diameter of like a Coke can. It's not it's not quite right. Um chode yeah. arrow. <laughs> no, no, I love that. Let's let's keep it. Fantastic. So to give a little bit of a background on my sort of experience working at camp, I guess. So I I worked there four years. I worked in 2012, 2013, 14, and then I took four years away from it and I went back in 2018. So I guess it was my third year at Camp Tall Arrow and it would have been Nick's third year going to camp. Yeah, Yeah, so it was my third year of camp. Um, Dante finally convinced me to go to his camp and I'm just going to put this out there. At Camp Moose Pine, I love the place to death but there's so very many rules and they only got sort of stricter. Whereas I had Dante in my ear when I'm back home just being like, Oh, a camp tall arrow? They ain't got no rules. No rules here. We, we rent out ski resorts and get hammered every day. I mean, every day. The yes. women walk around naked, not the campers. That'd be weird. No, I don't know. Like, 
You just made it sound like this um, Roman city where just anything goes. <laughs> Look, I- I'll be honest. Camp Tall Arrow is a bit of a lawless town. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, it, it was... It surprised me at kind of the debauchery that was allowed to go on because it was really like stepping into one of those movies that was the summer camp experience, like Wet Hot American Summer or something like that. I remember when I first got there um, and we'd just done our staff week of training and then they were like, oh, like we're going to have our first night off and first day off. They told us, oh, so what we're going to do is we're going to rent out this condo and everybody's going to pay a share of the money and then we're just going to go there and like everybody just gets hammered and it's a big social event where you get to know each other and I was like what the what the hell is this and then I come to find out that not only was that like a thing that happened every night off but there was a bus that ran from camp to the local townie bar down the road like two miles down the road Every night, they ran a bus that went to the local bar every night. And I was like, what What have I stepped into? It was insane. I guess at camps, there's like three ways that they deal with that kind of thing at camp, right? Like either they um, like ban it completely or like at, at our camp at Camp Moose Pine, they had an end of term party. So it's like you kind of save it up yeah. throughout the summer and then mm. you, like you're rewarded at the end of it by like getting to have this party at the end of the summer. I guess there's um, Camp Tall Arrow, where every day is end of summer. They're like those cool parents who um, buy their kids drinks or whatever. They're like, you know, we'd rather, you know, know what you're drinking and that you're doing it safely than... I don't know. I think the way that this came about was that, to my understanding, my first year that I was at Camp Tall Arrow was known as The Purge. To all the counsellors who'd been there beforehand and all the campers who knew the way Tall Arrow was prior. So I came in thinking camp was, you know, the Wild West. But turns out that they hired a bunch of new staff just to make sure that they kind of were getting rid of anybody who'd been causing real problems for the camp prior to that. So it was it was it was kind of that third approach that you're talking about. Like, okay, well, this is going to go on. So let's make sure that it goes on in a somewhat controlled environment. That aspect of camp in terms of like change management is something that like really interests me. Hey, yeah. And how they go about doing that. I don't want to throw Camp Moose Pine too much under the bus, but like my first year, if there was a 17 year old hooking up with an 18 year old, that was pretty chill. And then my second year, you would immediately be fired for the same thing. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Which is fine. I'm not like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like... stomping my feet being like, no, bring back the miners. <laughs> bring back hooking up with CITs. Oh, God. Uh, no, anything like that. But like, it only got stricter. Uh, okay, Dante, is there a particular story you want to share? Um, Is, is there, like, what, what's one of the earliest camp memories? My first summer that I worked at camp, I was a lowly old counsellor and then my second summer and thereafter that I had clearly wowed my camp directors with my handsome face and strong prowess but anyway I got promoted to being a head boys counsellor but um that first summer I had one kid in my cabin who for story's sake I'm gonna call Steve but that's not his real name 
and uh, Steve's he's somewhere on the spectrum. Um, you know, he's got uh, schizophrenia, I think it was as well. Mm. So very quickly, I found that for whatever weird reason, whenever Steve was playing in the playground by himself, he would just like go and lie face down in the sand. And like, which is super <laughs> weird behavior, obviously, mm. and not particularly sociable or like acceptable by like other kids at camp. It is pretty acceptable by ostriches, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think maybe maybe Steve was just raised by ostriches. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, like Steve would go and he'd lie down and put his face in the sand. And I remember one time one of the other kids in the cabin being like, yo, Steve, why are you always putting your head in the sand? That's super weird. Like, stop doing that. And Steve was like, I like it. And just like kept doing it. Um, but I could tell that Steve was uncomfortable by the fact that everybody else thought it was super weird behavior anyway one day when i saw steve doing this i was like you know what i'm just gonna go over and ask steve if i can join him and he was like yeah i would like that it's really cool against your face right and i was like yeah man yeah it is i literally just lay there in the playground with him and put my face in the sand with steve and like i feel like this is one of my proudest camp memories too because then all the kids were like yo if our counselor's going to go over there and stick his face down in the sand with Steve, why wouldn't we go join Steve? Yeah. And next minute, we had the whole <laughs> whole cabin lying there in the sand face down. And it was yeah. just, it was just, yeah, it was the best feeling. And it's one of my proudest The sand like, on memories. your face, you mean, was the best feeling. Oh, it was. It yeah. was so nice. It was so nice. It was Anakin Skywalker's got it all wrong. Sand is not coarse and rough. It's cool. It's smooth. Great exfoliator. Yeah, no, but um, that is definitely one of my earliest camp memories and, and still one of my most proud and kind of special memories from the time that I was at camp. Yeah. I, I love that so much. I mean, number one, just the idea of cool sand like reminds me of flipping over the pillow, you know, when, when you're going to bed and then you've got the cool side of the pillow. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then also, I remember watching this video once about a mini tornado formed at this festival. And not like a big tornado, just like a small little yeah. thing. You could see it starting to swirl around and leaves and stuff were getting kicked up. You see someone like jump up and go stand in it and like start dancing in it, right? And you see a bunch of people just kind of like watching this person. And it, it was kind of like trying to relate it all to leadership. Like, it's kind of easy for one person to go and do something. Right. It's, it's harder for a second person to go and join them and do that thing too. And yeah. then you see the second person, like, looking around. Everyone else is looking, seeing this one person do it. And then once this second person gets up and joins them, then more people come in. And all of a sudden, you've got, like, 20, 30 people, like, dancing in this twister thing before it, like, <laughs> disapparates. And I'm like, it reminds, reminds me you. of the story you just told where it can often take more confidence not to be the first person but to be the second person to do it well yeah no i, I appreciate that a lot because like i said it it is still one of those things that i think about a lot and i'm like that was a special moment that i yeah, had with man. that kid yeah that's so cool i tend to think that maybe drugs had more to do with that second person going in <laughs> than anything else it's applicable uh, damn it <laughs> no you're right great leader <laughs> are you saying dante was on drugs and that's <laughs> I mean, you know, if we want to share another camp story. 
Um, I wasn't going to actually bring this up on the podcast, but I had a message on our social media. It's from Abigail. Um, and she said, do y'all remember when Meg got run over by the director in a golf cart? <laughs> was that? I don't think I was there whenever that happened. Or was that like 20, <laughs> 2014? So it would have been 2014. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I've been meaning to ask you, Pete, do you remember when Meg got run over by the camp director in a golf cart? I vaguely remember that, yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. I, I totally forgot about that. It's what funny. happened? I don't know. I think the the director had like pulled up and like some of the kids were talking to him and stuff and then he just went to like move away and I think just <laughs> rolled over a kid's foot because they had, I don't know, for some reason decided to jam their foot under the tyre. seemed like a comfortable place to put it. I'm really disappointed it was just a foot for some reason. <laughs> I didn't know whether this was a counsellor or a camper or anything. But they, they were just, just lying down in a ghillie suit and just got their head crushed by a golf cart. No, no, I don't know. I'm just picturing them just, you know, crossing the street holding a pane of glass or something. It's <laughs> run down by an out-of-control uh, go- golf cart. <laughs> Did you have golf carts at your camp, Dante? We did not have golf carts. No, no. Uh, on the programming team, like all the head counselors got to ride bikes around. And, um, that's how we got around <laughs> camp. And about the bikes, <laughs> I had this one bike mm-hmm. and it was, um, built at camp. So some of the kids at camp tall arrow, uh, had built the bike. We had a little like bike workshop for the kids and they built my bike. Yeah. And that was the one that as a programmer, when I was on the team, I always had and it had been spray painted gold. Anytime anybody stole it, I was always like, that motherfucker, somebody stole my bike. Because <laughs> obviously, it's always funny to steal other people's bikes. But uh, speaking of stealing bikes, while we're on the topic, Nick. I was actually going to bring that up. Uh, my summer at camp Tall Arrow, a friend of ours that we worked with that I may have been romantically involved with. Maybe just a little bit. Just a tad. People kept stealing her bike. And she was getting very upset because she felt like people didn't respect her. And that's why they were stealing her bike. And I remember walking down to my activity, which was sailing at the time. And I see this girl go past on the stolen bike. Oh, I can just picture it now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a detour. I'm not going to my, my activity. I got bigger fish to fry. Wait, wait, wait. Before you, before you get there, I just want to like preface this as well by saying that, yeah. like he had a talk to her all summer. Like they didn't, they weren't close or anything. Like, oh, this they was the they first friends. time I ever spoke to this woman. I so had just yeah. pretty so much, much never even met this person. And I just went straight up to them and just lost my shit at them and was just saying how disrespectful and what a dick move it was and how they need to return it and blah, 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 blah. And then she, she looked actually terrified because, again, we've never spoken. Yeah, it's and, so And um, then she proceeded to tell me that she didn't steal the bike. She was borrowing it off the uh, someone else who stole the bike. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, she had no idea it belonged to that person or anything. She was just... You know, the person after. <laughs> it's the principle of it. Though, you know it is mean? the principle it's of the it. Principle. I stood my ground. I was like, well, take it back to her. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what, wasn't she asking questions? Uh, it was so funny. There was definitely some shenanigans 
one sticks in my mind more than most others. And that was the time that Dante completely stitched me up. <laughs> do you do you want to elaborate on that? Or do you want me to elaborate on that? You know what, Dante? Why don't you, why don't you take <laughs> yourself from this? Okay. So if you've been following the podcast previously, you would know that when Nick came to Camp Tall Arrow, he got promoted to the position of being a unit programmer. And the responsibilities include having to sort of come up with an evening program. Mm. And every now and then we do these special evening programs where it was all of boys side or girls side would come together for a program. So Nick had this idea to do like a laughing themed day, like where like the kids would dress up like a live action role play (laughs) kind of evening program. So... As laugh days approaching, I've done no work for it. Nick, who had the idea, has done no work for it. And our boss... Well, so, I, yeah, I want to roll back. <laughs> so, I I had the idea, I want to say, like, three weeks ahead of the um, the date we set that for. And, like, I, I had the idea, like, oh, we should do a LARPing thing. Man, role models, a good movie. Gotta love Paul Rudd. And, um... <laughs> But this is an everyone thing. I was like, we're all going to work on this big event together. And they were like, sure. Could not get them to help me. Like, every time I brought it up, they're like, I'm sure you're on top of that, Nick. And I'm like, I'm not. Help. I mean, like, and they were just like, no, 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 no. I mean, in, in the programming <laughs> position, though, you have to be, like, organizing your own group of kids. Like, you're assigned a bracket of This cabins. was all of the boys, though. <laughs> I know, I know. But, like, you know, Nick's there being like, I've got this great idea for all the boys. Laugh day. And we're like, yeah, Nick, you got this. <laughs> so, anyway, like, I think it's the day of laugh day. Yeah. And we've still not presented anything to our boss who is like the entire camp programmer. Yeah. And we've given her no clue of what we're doing. <laughs> that morning, we have our morning meeting and she's like, so boys, how's LARP day going? What's the plan? And yeah. I just like a very quickly like, you know what? Nick's got this. Like he's totally got to like handle LARP day. He's been planning it. He's got it. I specifically remember you calling it my baby. <laughs> and then I've been like taking care of everything and i'm sitting there going i still have nothing i have a vague idea of how it should look and it's going to look like the final act of role models <laughs> and it's, and it's, <laughs> but with no budget <laughs> with no budget no planning so anyway the evening comes all the kids have been assigned to like factions that they have to dress up as or whatever and nick has come to me like the half hour right before it's going to start it's like I have no activities planned. I have (laughs) nothing planned, man. Like, I'm so screwed. So I went out to the uh, athletic field with him and just absolutely went rain man on that and was like, okay, the kids are going to do this activity over here. Then they're going to come over here and like role play this scenario over here. And then they're going to go here and do this. And these are the games that are going to be taking place. And I just went full blown evening program rain man on it. (laughs) And then in the end, it ran so smoothly. It went so well. <laughs> like, And I, I just want to say, um, all of the activities just went off flawlessly except for one. <laughs> and that one activity was the only activity that I had had a part in, which was like sword fighting with fucking uh, pool noodles. Yeah. That was the only activity that went terribly. <laughs> and that was the only one that I had a hand in. <laughs> Uh, kids are all just like belting yeah, each other. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Like, <laughs> I wasn't there, but 
Anyway, I came back to camp from uh, my lovely night off with my girlfriend. And I was like, hey, Nick, how did uh, laugh night go? And he's like, bro, it went really well in the end, like Christmas in July miracle. <laughs> but we pulled it off. So then the next day. Uh, I feel like I want to tell this bit because, you know, I feel like you're going to paint yourself in a better light here. Oh, I would never. I would never. <laughs> I painted exactly how it went down. So essentially, I was always like, everybody, this is a team effort. Let's all come together. And everyone was like, you got this, Nick. And then the day before, <laughs> you threw me under the bus and you told Robin that I'd planned this whole big thing and then I had it under wraps and she had nothing to worry about. And I'm sitting there being like, why are you doing this to me? I was trying to hype you up. I was like, this is my boy. Oh, I'm trying to hype him oh, up. Oh, your boy. Make him is that why the boss? next morning when Robin was like, oh, boy, how did LARPing go? You just immediately shut up and you're like, listen, Robin, I'm going to level with you. Nick fucking dropped the ball. He had nothing. I came through. <laughs> he completely threw me under the bus. It was just like, I planned the whole thing in a half hour. It was incredible. I'm amazing. <laughs> we winged it. Don't I'm worry. the hero of the story. All credit goes to me. You know? And then like, she looked at me like, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I uh, See, in, in like a sitcom scenario, this is the bit where like no one helps Nick and then it actually goes really well. And then he should get all the credit. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like everything goes towards Nick. Yeah. But then you just pulled the rug oh, out. Oh no, I pulled the rug speak. out so hard. Because the other thing too was she had been on us for days yeah. and it was all of our responsibilities to plan. And she'd been constantly hitting us up. Boys, what's going on? Tell me that you've got something planned. And I just kept giving her reassurance. Don't you worry. Nick's got this. He's got this. And then the day afterwards, I was like, he never had it, Robert. It was falling <laughs> apart. Don't worry. I was there to save the day. Oh. LARP day. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> I, can't, I'm, I, can't, I had for, enough time had passed that I had forgotten about this. And I'm mad all over again. <laughs> Reliving it right now. But you told me like it was a story where you got thrown under the bus and that thrown under the bus came earlier i was not expecting the second oh bus. no it was <laughs> i'm sure you weren't expecting it was the second a double bus. decker bus yeah that's good i'm sorry no regrets no regrets um that does remind me i can't remember what it was but i remember all of the ups had some sort of crowning moment of the summer i think we had a a, a name for it yeah so at the end of uh every summer we would have, I guess, a performance review of sorts with our boss, who was yeah. the program director. And she'd sit you down and uh, it was a good opportunity for her to not only kind of say goodbye and share a moment with everybody on the team, but it was also an opportunity for her to kind of talk about when you stepped up as a leader and really earned your place on the team. And I've got my own little anecdote of that but i would like to hear nick's because i feel like it is also a really good story you see the funny thing is i think you and i are remembering two completely different stories i'm remembering the candelabra is that not oh yeah yeah that's what i'm remembering yeah, yeah, the, yeah, candelabra. the candelabra that's it the candelabra the candelabra was a catastrophe i mean but, are you being ironic no i'm not being ironic because i think the thing is right the moment that you step up and be a leader so often is 
it's born out of a moment that was going disastrously, you know? <laughs> like, true leaders don't shine, like, when everything's running smoothly. True leaders shine in the hour of need, and that's that's what you did. You stepped up. Okay, well, uh, we had an evening where we're all down by the water, and we've got this big candelabra covered in, like, these glasses with candles in them, and we light them all... Uh, but basically, it was my job to set up the candelabra. Anyway, I was putting in the candelabras, and the last one is is really tall and really high up. Mm. And basically, the candelabra just, like, falls <laughs> on top of me while I'm trying to fucking set it up. And there's just raining fire and glass all over <laughs> me. And we have legitimately maybe one minute to fix this issue before the kids come. And everyone looks around like, oh shit. And I just immediately just, my brain snaps. And I, we just like rushed around and it was just a big frantic thing. And I just managed to pull everything back together. And literally the last candle was being lit as the kids were walking down. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then Christina looks at me and goes, Nick, your hand. And I'm like, what? And I am covered in blood. <laughs> like blood is like dripping off my elbow because my entire arm is just red with blood because I've cut my whole hand open uh, on the glass. <laughs> and I just was just in such an adrenaline state getting everything just like fixed in that one minute that I did not even notice. Uh, so I just quickly scooted away and bandaged myself up and washed all the blood away. Came back in, I was like, no one will ever know. The kids never knew. And it's all for the kids. And, you know, you smashed it. Yeah, but... Literally. <laughs> the kettle when up. we talked to um, our boss and she asked me, like, what my big moment was, I told her that moment. And I was like, the best part is, you never knew. And she just goes, I knew. <laughs> I, I saw you covered in blood running into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um. Those are the, the best step-up moments, when you yeah. screw up first. Pete, did you ever have a moment like that where you screwed up hard and then had to kind of come back afterwards and save the day? Mm. I need to have a think. I mean, I just have a very funny memory in my head of a... So, I was the boys' head counsellor for a couple summers, and so it would be my job to pick an honour camper and honour cabin um, at the end of the week to, you know, give an award to. Yeah. And the honor cabin one was quite cool because we had these wooden plaques um, that all the kids would get to sign, and then they would be like drilled into the wall of the cabin, so it's like a permanent fixture reminder, right? Thing. Yeah, that's sweet. And you know, so what you would usually do throughout the course of the week is like spend some time, you know. Well, I mean, you would get to know the kids, get to know the cabins and stuff, and then by Friday, you should already have a pretty good idea of who you're going to give it to. And so Saturday morning. All the parents arrive, kids are getting picked up and we're doing our like um, goodbye thing in the amphitheater. And they were like, and now the boys head counselor, uh, you know, to come and announce they're on a camper and on a cabin. And I got up there and I was like, ah, oh, I didn't pick one. <laughs> I didn't pick uh, another cabin. And I literally just looked through the crowd. And I was like, oh, those are some good counselors. They probably had a good week, right? And I was like, uh, this cabin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come up. The counsellor uh, comes up to me afterwards. He was like, 
we actually had such a good cabin. Like, I didn't think you'd really seen that, you know, from this group. But, like, I'm really glad that you did see that because these kids were awesome. I was like, yeah, man, you know, like, I'm I'm always keeping an eye out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's not necessarily a save the day moment, but that's just a me making up something on the spot and you accidentally and it, and did the right worked, thing yeah no that's awesome <laughs> i love that they were like yo we we didn't think you were paying attention we've been working so hard man and you're like i'm always watching yeah yeah i, I see everything <laughs> I, I literally was like those two dudes are real funny i bet you they had a funny week <laughs> like that was it oh. so dante can you try and describe the magic of camp for us so I think um, the magic of camp really comes from the people that you meet while you're at camp and the experiences that you share with them. Because where else in the world do you get a place where you pull in, you know, 120-somethings and then make them all live together, <laughs> raising kids for like eight to ten weeks mm. um, from different backgrounds, different countries around the world? It's pretty pretty special and unique in that way. Um, the second summer that I worked there, I met the first serious girlfriend that I ever had and she was American. And to this day, like she's still a person that I feel like helped change my life. And I still think really fondly of all the memories that we made together that summer at camp. Like I spent every day with her, you know, on our days off, we'd go and do all sorts of fun activities like peer jumping, playing mini golf, like anything to just pass the time. Actually, there was this really cool uh, river right near Mm. Camp Tall Arrow Every summer, I made it a thing that I would try and go tube down this river. So, everybody would go, you'd buy a bunch of alcohol before you'd go there, put in an esky. You'd get like a little uh, tube for the esky as well. Yeah, yeah. A a cooler, I should say, for the Americans (laughs) listening. And then you'd float down this river. And it took like an hour and a half. It was flowing slowly, but you'd just get drunk on your day off floating down this river. And I just remember the the first time i did it i did uh i did the tubing with my girlfriend i was about to be like the first time i did my girlfriend sounds super <laughs> wrong but um no, the first time i did that tubing experience with my girlfriend we did it it took like an hour and a half and then we were like fuck that was that was sick let's go do that again yeah. and we went straight back and did it again yeah that's so cool i like i, I never did uh tubing my first summer but i think during my second summer i had heard about nick who had like gone and done tubing with you at a camp tall arrow so uh, after my second summer in 2014 we went traveling and we went to this college and then we had like planned around um going and doing a tubing session and because nick had done it before he was like oh yeah to like telling us about it and uh, we planned to get some drinks and this was the first time i ever had a four loco which um strap yourself in Peter. americans will know what a four loco is Anyone else who hasn't, uh, it's, they're hard to describe. Some might even describe it as loco. Yeah. <laughs> Quattro crazy was always a, a fun thing to call it. <laughs> um, and Nick was like, ah, oh, that's all you need. All you need is one can of four loco and it, you'll be good for the whole thing. Well, I think it was one can and like maybe a couple of drinks. I don't know. I don't know if my tolerance was at a different place. <clears throat> But obviously, the month, a few months prior, uh, I had been tubing, and I had a four loco and like a handful of drinks, and I was probably the most drunk I've ever been without throwing up. 
Oh, I, mean, I feel hurt because you always say the drunkest times you've ever been are with me. Um, so trying to bring it to another <laughs> yeah, time now. Was it was this? Why have you never mentioned this before? Huh? Oh. <clears throat> but anyway, we're, we're packing the cooler bag for tubing. Four of us going, so we put a four loco in each, and then I started like jamming beers in there. And Nick was saying like, ah, oh, four beers each. Like that's all you need. You don't need any more. Nah, I mean, let's just bring more. You know, he's like, no, 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 trust me, trust me. You you don't need them. You don't need any more. I was like, okay. And then Nick left. And I jammed as many as I possibly could in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, obviously, I'm going to bring more. And like, so we're tubing. We're having the time of our lives. It's like hot and sunny. The river is like the perfect temperature. And like you were saying, you have a little extra tube that they like tie string around and you can sit your cooler in it. Yeah. And then I had that tied to my leg. So I was the one handing them all out. So I handed out the four locos, handed out each person's um, allocation of beer. And then once everyone had four beers, and I was like, well, that's it, guys. Everyone's had four beers. Um, we didn't bring any more. And then everyone was like, ah, oh, no. I was like, well, you told me to only bring four each. And Nick was like, ah, you should have brought more. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All of the stories more. today are just about people <laughs> ignoring <laughs> me and then, doing like, Nick. and then taking the credit for it. There it is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was a uh, that was just a funny moment. So I, I had my phone in like a Ziploc bag, so I was taking lots of Snapchats as we were like uh, floating down the river and stuff. Of course. And there's a very funny uh, video where Nick is. Uh, Basically lost the ability to speak. <laughs> he's he's gone for logo, like he's, he's <laughs> exactly. There. And I'm just gonna try and play this off of my phone into the mic. Hopefully it works all right. Hey, who's this, eh? Tubin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who's this, eh? Who's this, eh? <laughs> who's this, eh? Pete has um pointed out a moment in that video that might go under the radar for those who don't have a keen ear. Yeah, it's um there's there's a second bit where uh Nick realizes that what he said just wasn't words and then he goes oh <laughs> so good. Hey, who's this eh? Tubing oh. bra. <laughs> you can oh. get right, right before tubing bra just oh. the moment the moment of realization where he's like fuck I'm drunk I have no clue what I'm saying. Man oh. That was followed by a really bad time. So, <laughs> thanks to Pete the Hero bringing all the extra drinks, I, I ended up getting so drunk. It was one of those times where we were driving in the car and I am intensely staring out the window, just trying to count trees so I didn't just throw up in the car. And I think I'm having a heart attack like my heart is beating through my chest i can like feel my veins (laughs) it's uh, honestly it's just the magic of four loco just running through me yeah we talked about the magic of camp the magic of camp magic of four loco loco. (laughs) yeah so going back to dante throwing me under the bus i've got another tall arrow story that i just want to you before, know, tell. before we get to this story, can I just put it out there? Like, when when it sounds like I'm just throwing everybody out of the bus, make you're just throwing like, me under the bus. Make it sound like I'm just the worst like programmer who ever existed. At oh, you're a great programmer. Right? You're just a terrible friend. You know. <laughs> so basically, we had found out that all the oldest boys and girls 
were sneaking out of the cabins at 2 a.m. every night, meeting in the woods and hanging out, mm. which is a very tall arrow. Tall arrow, thank you. <laughs> a very camp tall arrow thing I mean, to happen. Of course it is. You know, councillors are doing the same thing pretty much. <laughs> and anyway, the on the boys' side, we decided to formulate a plan where, you know, catching a very popular thing at the time, Slender Man, myself, Dante, and Rob were going to wait in the woods for the kids to all come out at two, and we were just going to scare the Jesus out of them. Really just a terrible idea, and something we could definitely probably get fired for, but There's probably no, not at this camp. There know? was no <laughs> way we were going to get fired for dressing up as Slender Man at Camp Tall Arrow and scaring, <laughs> scaring the crap out of our campus. Like, that was the kind of stuff that would happen at Camp that's Tall Arrow. That's the kind Arrow. of thing I would get fired for at Moose Pine, but yeah, not, not no, Tall Arrow. At Camp Tall Arrow, Long the bosses Arrow. were like, that's, that's how you handle these things, yeah. right? Kids got to stop doing that. Uh, so anyway, we even got a guy on the inside. We got Gabe. This is the sketchy part. I love we that. wanted to make sure that it was going to happen and that they were going to sneak out. So we got a ringleader to organize a mass sneak out. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but Gabe is a guy who was a camper at the time and went on to be a counselor with me mm. the final year that I came back out of retirement and worked at Camp Tall Arrow. Uh, so, anyway, he was going to sort of set the trap. He was going to bring everyone into the woods at 2 a.m. where we would be waiting, the three of us all dressed as Slender Man, and we were going to just jump out and just scare all of the campers. That was the plan. We set it all up, set the times. We got the outfits. Everything was ready. Everything was a go. They were set to sneak out. I think they were actually, it was very clever. They were taking shifts at staying awake. So that one would like wake, wake everyone up. Wake up the others, yeah, so that the <laughs> councillors wouldn't wake up when yeah. they snuck out. We had planned to meet at 1am, you know, to go into the woods. Yeah. At 1am, I'm up, uh, I'm getting the costumes going, I'm at the meeting spot. No one turns up. <laughs> so so on, on my end, I just want to say on my end... <laughs> It's not that I've forgotten that this is supposed to happen. It's that I've snuck off to some discreet locale around Camp Tall Arrow with my girlfriend that night. And then we've ended up staying out past curfew. And then I've fallen asleep with her wherever we were. And I've gone, oh man, like I'm falling asleep because I just got comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm shaking my head angrily. <laughs> like, like, you started off this story saying it was a throwing under the bus, and I totally forgot about that aspect until you just said I, I, I was in the woods alone. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, this, yeah, yeah, this is I feel like I, right. you can see where this is going. So, there's Nick dressed as Slender Man out in the middle of the tall arrow hills by himself. <laughs> uh, so, I still had a bit of time before the sneak out happened. So, I go back to boys' camp, I go into Dante's cabin. He is not in there. <laughs> I have no idea where he is because he's supposed to be in his cabin. So anyway, I go to the other guy and I go into his cabin and go to wake him up. You know, I go to Rob and I'm like, bro, Slender Man. Slender Man. He goes, what? What? And I'm like, Slender Man. He goes, oh, okay. Give me five. And so I went out, I waited for five minutes, and he just didn't come out. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Fuck everything. I'm done. 
I'm dressed as Slenderman for nothing. So I went back to my cabin, got in my pajamas, and went to bed. I just love the idea of you dressed as Slenderman, like walking back across camp in the middle of the night. Everybody hurts. And you're just like, you know. And before uh. I saw you or Rob again the next day, I actually saw Gabe before you guys. And he came up to me and he goes, what the hell, man? We all snuck out. We all went in the woods and had a wonderful time. <laughs> there's, there's, there's the I'm pretty sure a bunch of people had their first kiss. Yeah. We played Spin the Bottle. That's it. it was a campfire. Oh, it God. was such a good time. Where were you? <laughs> have lived the dream <laughs> they actually had so basically uh counselors at camp organized a sneak out <laughs> for the kids to just go and like make out in the woods so we've just enabled them like we've given them the tools <laughs> to go and like pull these shenanigans oh, you taught them some valuable life skills <laughs> oh, some kids definitely uh, <laughs> learned some things that night do you know what though there I am, wandering back to my cabin at probably what I'm going to say is like three in the morning after mm. I wake up from falling asleep wherever I was. And when I get back there, I find this little handwritten note <laughs> on my bed to Dante, a.k.a. not so slender man. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes on to be like, I'd had a really rough week here at camp this week and you really let me down, man. Oh. And it really got to me. I was like, fuck, man. I, man. I don't remember writing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like I think there was other things going on in Nick's life maybe at the time, but he wrote that and I was like, man. Bro, I dropped the ball. I'm so sorry. I remember like going to breakfast the next morning being like, I don't know how I make this up to him. I don't know how to say sorry for this. I I do remember you coming up to me very sheepishly being like, hey, man. I was just like, I don't want to talk to you. I expected this from Rob, but not from you. Uh, Oh, God. The wisdom, the wisdom zone. 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 The wisdom wisdom from earlier in the episode that I just felt needed repeating. I, uh, I feel very honoured that you used that as the wisdom zone. Yeah, sick. Well, I'm sitting here thinking... Where was Dante and my hour of need? <laughs> I was there. I just threw you under the bus after the fact. You know, I was there. You were there for one of my hours of need that you created. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then you weren't there for the other one. Because when you think about it, right, camp is for the kids, Nick. And I was there in the hour of need when the children needed me the most. So um, I've just got an email to share because uh, we've, we've, we've been getting some emails, you know, still. But this one is from Finley. Dear Pete and Nick. So this story is about some gross kid. When I was a camper at my camp, and it was probably my fourth or fifth year going, uh, they had a free period, so he had no activities to go to. I'm just chilling with uh, two of my sister cabin counsellors and a few other campers. And it's like during that weird period when slime and oobluck was trendy or whatever. (laughs) This one kid, let's call him John comes out of the mess hole with a bowl of what looks like milk. And he drinks a lot of milk, up to three boxes a meal. So I get why he would just bring out a bowl of milk. He comes over and slaps it and it hardens. 
So now we know that it's a bowl of white oublet. And quick note, uh, our camp store carries merch for camp and candy and soda. Every few days you get free candy and soda. So coming back, he sits down and is just sitting with uh, this bowl of oobleck, and no one knows where he got it from. And my super smart counsellor dares him to drink this bowl of oobleck for an extra piece of candy at the store. He downs the bowl in a few seconds and says, let's go get that candy. (laughs) At this moment, everyone is just staring at him like, what did I just watch? He even licked his lips. So there you go, a funny gross story. Thank you so much for capturing the essence of camp in a pod. Day is done, gone the sun. Thank you so much for that story. That is funny and gross. That is gross. Did he live? (laughs) I mean, both components are edible, right? Like it is cornstarch and water. All right, well, yeah, we're going to probably wrap it up there. Before we take off, Dante, um, I'm going to plug something on your and my behalf. Mentioned it before. Um... Dante and I did a podcast at some point a few years ago. It's called The Suburban Assassins. Right, right, yep. Yeah, me, Dante, and our friend Gary, uh, we tried to kill each other one time. We made a three-part podcast about it. Check it out everywhere you can check out this podcast. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time. I've got something I'd like to plug. Oh, sorry. Peter Davey, what would you like to plug? Uh, Four locos. (laughs) Get Quattro Crazy. Okay, bye. (laughs) See ya.